You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Nice slant route. This is a business decision. You know you're going to take a lump. And former linebacker Sean Barber. There's a thing called street justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family. Take care of your chicken. Take care of your money. <laughs> On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. What's good, Kansas City? We are back in the mix. Players only, as we are each and every week during the football season, 6 to 7, each and every Thursday. We are without my partner in crime, the normal partner in crime, Sean Barber, a.k.a. Barbershop. Sean Barber, 59, if you're following him on Twitter. He is gone, had a work function, uh, and uh, we went to the bullpen just like we did actually a few weeks ago when we had Desmond Moses in, but I decided to go to the smarter, better side of the football because, you know, I can only handle but so many defensive players. And I got former tight end from the University of Texas, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Steelers throughout his career, uh, famously known for slamming a ball in the face of Buddy Ryan with the Houston Oilers. We got Keith Cash in the building. Keith, what's going on, brother? What's happening? What's happening? You got an upgrade today. Yeah, man. Over that barber kid. Yeah, that barbershop guy. Just the defensive side, you know. I mean, you know, just like I know. Like, there's more cerebral guys on the offensive side, you know. Higher intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, barbershop knows it. He never wants to admit it, but he knows it. He knows. But I'm glad you're here, bro. Uh, We're going to tackle this. This one-hour show, we got the phone lines and the text line open, 913-586-7610, 913-586-7610. We got a lot to tackle. Um, you've listened to the show. You've actually been on the show in the past. The first quarter, unfortunately, it's the, it's the time to look backwards. And although Andy Reid, we heard his press conference, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of the players' press conferences since Sunday They're not looking backwards. Justin Reed not looking backwards. They're on to the Denver Broncos. Uh, For this show and the purposes of this show, we don't get on to the the Denver Broncos until the fourth quarter of the show, Bo. So we got to talk about this Bengals loss. Yeah, man. Tough one. Tough, tough loss. Give me your assertion of how things unfolded in Cincinnati. Well, I think you could look at a couple plays. Well, you can't just look at a couple plays. You know, everyone wants to talk about the Kelvin, the Travis Kelsey fumble, mm-hmm. which was a huge play. Yeah. But there are so many other things that happened during that game that probably could have changed the course of the game. Uh, but that was a huge play. I yeah. think that uh, officiating, I get weekly, I look, I see some plays that just – should not be called, yeah. you know, kind of ticky-tack stuff. I, I, what comes to mind is that interception uh, that was wiped off the boards yeah. when a little tug by the by the defensive back. Uh, while I'm watching their receivers manhandle the oh, defensive yeah. backs, I mean, Chase is a big kid. He don't get that wide open yeah. without without throwing his body around and throwing them hands around. So uh, just, just kind of a frustrating loss, loss mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, probably should have won. Yep. 
but that's how it is with this team. There's always a couple plays that, that we make or they make, and, uh, you know, it's turned the other way the last couple last few games. Yeah, I've I've tried to look back and think back to teams like while we played, we both played together back in the early 90s, mid-90s, that just didn't matter how good we were, didn't matter how bad they were, they just happened to have our number. And the one team that comes to mind is the Colts, and in some respect they pretty much still have our number based on the fact that they, I believe, I believe they've beaten us 18 of the last 20 times wow. that we've, we've played them, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that. It's something – Pretty it's significant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just like the Bengals, the Bengals have beaten us eight of the last ten times. We haven't won in Cincinnati since 1984. That is crazy. And you would think, with all the dismal seasons of each of those organizations, they haven't had anywhere close to the success of us. Uh, you can, I guess, with Peyton Manning, they had a lot of success. But ever since then, um, the fact, and definitely with the Bengals, they hadn't had much success since. Boomer Esiason right. was the quarterback, and yet they figured out a way to beat us, and they have our number. Um, but I want to go back to the Cincinnati game because I think things kind of kicked off from the start. And I don't know if you saw this and what you recognize, but I'm in the booth and the broadcast, so I'm paying attention to everything that's happening on the field, even when the cameras are not on the field. So one thing I noticed, one, the Bengals come out, their three captains are all three defensive guys. Two, they win the coin toss, they take the ball. Doesn't happen like that in the NFL. There was a message that they were trying to send from the beginning that we're coming here to hit you in the mouth and not allow you guys to have any kind of fire. We're going to move the ball down the field and score a touchdown, which they actually did to open up the game. The fact that we got the ball and we we counterpunch a lot uh, because we have the best quarterback in the league, we have that ability to counterpunch other teams when they move the ball in our defense. And Patrick Mahomes moves the ball all the way down inside the red zone. We have to settle for a field goal. Yep. That, to me, was a win for the Cincinnati Bengals. Sure. What they wanted to accomplish in, in that coin toss with the defensive guys out there, et cetera, was our offense is better than yours, and we're putting our defensive guys in your face right now from the coin toss and we're going to establish the momentum and the tempo of the game from the beginning. That was, I mean, that's very astute. What you looking at? I didn't. I I looked at it like, yeah, it was a. It was kind of crazy that they won the, got the, got the flip and, yeah. and ended up playing defense. That doesn't happen just because you're trying to get more possessions. Basically, is what it comes down to, uh, and wanting to come out of the second half, yeah. and get the ball. Uh, did we score coming out of the second half, or did they score? Uh, so we got the ball coming out of the second half, and I want to say that we did score. I feel like that's when Pacheco's touchdown came into play. Um, uh, I know we had a big, the big play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling while we were going that way in the third quarter uh, from right to left on the TV screen. Uh, but I thought – that's a roll of the dice because, as you mentioned, the reason why people defer is because if they're able to get at least one turnover in the first half, then they guarantee themselves more times than not at least an opportunity to have two consecutive, uh, two consecutive possessions, one at the end of the second half and then the one to start the third quarter that can zap, totally zap the momentum of any team because if you can put points on the board right before halftime – 
and demoralize the other team and then come out and put points on the board for the third quarter, like you are putting yourself in prime position to win the game. And the fact that they didn't go that conventional route was, to me, more of a message that they were trying to send than anything else. Um, If you look back in the identical way that the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs in the three games, they're all by three points. They're all uh, in situations where the Bengals had the ball last and drove the field to to kick a field goal to win. Uh, They all were in situations where there was at least one – demoralizing uh, play that was on the field that catapulted the other team. When we played them in the AFC Championship, the play right before halftime, when we throw the ball to Tyreek Hill and they make the stop inside the five-yard line, that was a huge boost for their team to not give up any points, even though they were down by multiple scores at that point. You go to this last game, um, forcing the field goal to start the game. And then when we had the lead, the ball, and we're moving the ball down the field to strip the ball from Travis Kelsey, another big play that turned the tide immediately. Um, So they've had that knack. They did it again back in January when we played them up in Cincinnati. Um, And I feel like we have – we've had opportunities to snatch that momentum back and snatch a win in those situations, and we just didn't come. We just didn't come up with that one play. Uh, from a defensive perspective, I, I'd like to hear from from you as well. From a defensive perspective, I feel like we're not as opportunistic as we need to be. Um, we are amongst the bottom in the NFL in the giveaway takeaway ratio, which right. is totally against what you and I were were coached. That your wins and losses and your opportunities in January come by way of giveaway and takeaway, winning that ratio. Marty Schoenheimer preached it, and we could wake up in a cold sweat and our sleep talking about it because it was always something that he had on tap. It was always pressure, too. Yeah. You know, we had, they had back when we played, you have Neil Smith, Derek Thomas coming off the corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often we sniffed the quarterback this past weekend. Well, usually it, when there's no pressure, you ain't get, you're not going to get the, you're not definitely not going to get the, the on, with a good quarterback, yeah. you're not going to get the interceptions, but I just didn't see we – we didn't stress them out very much. Yeah, they, that's, that's a great part right there. We didn't stress them out enough. And I think if you look at the landscape of the last three games playing them, like we are the, one of the only teams that hadn't sacked him. Right. He came into the league. Russell Wilson, which we'll talk about this week, uh, has been sacked 38 times. Joe Burrow coming up to that game had been sacked 33 times. Right. The previous game that we played in the AFC Championship, he had been sacked the most in NFL history in the postseason, and I believe he was sacked 50-something times. And the week before we played them, when he played the the Tennessee Titans, um, he got sacked nine times. And we didn't sack him once in that game either. So, yeah, not to point fingers to the defensive front line, uh, but there are opportunities that other teams have taken – against that team with they had four losses going into it sure. that we have not been able to do. Yeah, and part of that is, I mean, I think it works hand-in-hand. Hand. You have the coverage on the back end. It's going to create some sacks if we can get closer coverage. <clears throat> and then we have, uh, you know, the, the the pass rush that's going to create yeah. some, some uh, interceptions as well. So they work hand-in-hand. Hand. I'm not sure where the breakdown is. It looked like the receivers – 
have their way with our defensive backs, to yeah. be quite honestly. Uh, we have a young crew back there, and, and there were some things that uh, maybe they were a little more physical when they shouldn't have been and not as physical when they needed to be. Yeah, I thought specifically the physicality part, I'd like to see – I thought the way they employed ripping the ball from Travis Kelsey is something that's taught. It's sure. something that's coached. It's something that a player has to decide to want to do. And oftentimes, and this is not a criticism, but I think this is a growth opportunity. When you're talking about the young guys in the back end, here's a grow, growing opportunity for our guys. It does not matter if you're the second, third, or fourth guy to hit the ball carrier. Like, we were taught, you played special teams before me and with me, and I played special teams, made that my the, the crux of my career. Like, if T. Rich or Greg Minuski or Reggie Tong or you were holding up a guy and you had him stopped, even if he was maybe moving forward for a one or two yards extra after contact, I'm going for the ball. Right. There's no need for me to go for another hit on him. There's no need for me to try to lower the boom and knock him out. Like, the ball is what we need. So right. if you got him strapped up, I'm going to try to punch the ball out. And many times in my career, those were opportunities, whether I was the recipient of a fumble recovery or I was one of the guys that was stripping the ball. Right. And that's something, that's one of those teachable moments that these rookies and the young guys need to understand is that throwing that shoulder in on, on Jamar Chase going down and him crawling for another two yards, that doesn't do anything. Right. Like he's gonna probably get the two yards, Samaje P Ryan. He's gonna get the two, the two yards after contact. But what is he taking back to the huddle with him? Like he's like, what is he taking back? Like, oh, I got those extra yards, but I better protect the ball a little bit better, or that ball almost came out. And now you're getting into the psyche of the other guy. Right. And I and I think what they did, they had two or three guys holding him up. Yeah. He was trying to go down. Yep. And he and couldn't. The, and, the, and he couldn't. <laughs> So I don't know when the when the whistle blows for you know the play is dead, but they were holding him up mm-hmm. to get that ball, which out. is a technique though. Which is a technique, yeah. absolutely. It's a technique that they they used his aggressiveness against him, but there was a plan. Like I'm going to hold him up. He might get three or four yards extra. He's already got the first down. So what's the three or four yards extra after the first down if I can possibly get the ball out? And that's they right. got it. Yep. All right, that's it for us looking backwards. We are not going to spend any more time talking about the Bengals until we have to play them in January. But when we come back, I had to introduce Keith to our Spitfire Hot Fire Takes, and we'll see what he got on tap. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Looking to pass the football, throws in the middle, pass is cut, touchdown Kansas City, touchdown Chiefs, touchdown Chiefs, Damon Hughes took the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Steelers, halfback pass, Marcus Allen right side, touchdown Kansas City, Damon Hughes from Marcus Allen. Expert analysis, news and views. From Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Damon Hughes. This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season, and we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call him. 
D-Nice. I see you bobbing your head over there to that intro. I appreciate it. Appreciate the, the love by B-Dub from the morning show putting that together. Uh, we are back. It's the second quarter of Players Only. As I mentioned, Barbershop is down. Went to the bullpen, tapped the right arm, and the reliever came in and Keith Cash, and he's here with us. And as I mentioned in the last segment, we put that Bengals team behind us. We are looking forward, but there is the second quarter of the show. We still got the phone lines and the text line open, 913-586-7610. I see you, Dan. We'll get to you in quarter three like we do each week. But this is the hot fire, spit fire take. And you got something on tap? What you want to throw out there? Uh... Brittany Griner. Mm. How about that? Yes. How about her getting her her release? Uh, here's what I don't understand. So I heard about her release, and I also heard about this arms dealer yeah. that, that they traded her for. And they've been talking about this for how long she's been over there? Several months. Several, over a, over a, a year, Over right? a year, right. I believe so. So back a year ago, I heard them talking about trading – this arms dealer mm-hmm. for Brittany Grimes, and it took a year to mm-hmm. get this done. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy that today was the right day. Today was the day. And yeah. I know they've probably been negotiating for forever, uh, trying to get her home, but uh, just happy to see that finally happen. Yeah. Uh, kind of used as a uh, political chess Tool, piece, yep. if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so happy, happy to have her back home with her family. I would I would add on to that. I think that's great, Julio. What do you think about that? I, I feel like that's a that's a great take. It's fire. It's fire. Oh yeah. Okay, we we'll give you a fire. Uh, we gave what did we give barbershop a wah wah wah? Yeah, we probably did. He his 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 spitfire takes. All right, but I would say this just to add on to that: two things can be true at the same time. And I watched Twitter this morning. I woke up to it, saw the news, saw people, you know, the backlash to our government, the backlash to our leaders, the backlash to the supporters of Britney. Just because you support her coming back doesn't mean that. You are anti whoever's still over there. Right. And those things can be true at the same time. So you don't have to – there's no exclusivity in regards to celebrating a woman coming back from being prisoner overseas just because there's other people over there as well. And you can have your your mindset. I saw the early comments about – we we chose a basketball player over a war hero – And then as obviously, just like it happens in social media, as the day unfolded and you saw more news, you realize that was a dumb take, that that was not the case, that their government was not going to give up um, the other prisoner who who was uh, a Marine, a vet. uh, And this was the deal that they agreed to. So I can just be happy with that. And if next month they agree to another deal and that other person comes over, and we send somebody back and there's still some other prisoners of war or whatever that are still over there, I'm going to be happy for that person, whether they served in the military, whether they were unjustly, um, uh, you know, detained over there or what have you. Absolutely. Like we, two things can be, the, can be good at the same time. You don't have to have a one-sided argument and then bias against anybody else. We can feel for both people. 
I will say this on my Spitfire take. We we love listeners. We love the fans. We have the best fans in the NFL. Uh, the Chiefs kingdom is real. It's powerful. But I'm going to say, Keith, my Spitfire take is the, the commentary and the position that some fans take when it comes to feeling like player they own players or feeling like players are their property. Uh, and I'm going back to a tweet earlier this week with Juan Thornhill. He just happens to be the most recent person to tweet to fans like, give us a break. We should still be respected. We are, we are going out there. We're working hard, playing hard. And this whole mindset that fans can say what they want, act how they want, react how they want, say anything about you, get personal, uh, whatever it is, and under the guise of, like I saw on Twitter and I'm quoting, he said, we pay your salary. Now, whenever anybody's ever said that to me, I said, how's that work for you when you got pulled over with a police officer and he was giving you a ticket? So if it didn't work for that, why would you make, like, I don't go into the T-Mobile store and say, I pay your salary right. when I got an issue. I don't go into you know, any kind of public or any, any place that I am, I've purchased something or I'm endorsing something or, you know, I got my car insurance. I don't call you and say, I pay your salary because you give me insurance. There's services that are given and that you're receiving. There's entertainment that you're getting. And, and whether you want to boo, whether you want to feel bad, whether you want to feel anti against, uh, you know, the Todd Haley days, the two and 14s and the four and 12 days of the chiefs. And you want to express your displeasure. That's fine. But to go to the next length of thinking that like that adds like your salary does not, your, your money does not pay the entire NFL's salary. You can have probably a hundred people that are on your side and they still don't pay it. I've always said that even back in the day when I've heard that I've heard that a bunch of times. I always used to say, you pay Danon's salary, you didn't pay mine, and I will whoop your tail. <laughs> that's kind of how that's kind of how I roll. Yeah, it's 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 demoralizing and it's it's ignorant. So uh my hot fire take is fans enjoy the game, enjoy we are spoiled right now here in Kansas City because we have the greatest quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game and the best quarterback in the league right now. We've hosted four straight AFC championships. We are on on pace based on our record and the, the, the schedule that we have ahead of us to possibly be in a position to, to host another AFC championship. We've won the division going on seven straight times. Like, enjoy all that. You can be frustrated, but the extra efforts – that go to digging into guys, their families watch, their families are on social media, their kids are on social media. Recognize the bigger picture when you're throwing jabs at individual players, not the team, but individual players um, in that kind of disrespectful way. And step back and think about how hard it is to do what they do. Yeah. How hard is it? I mean, even catching a punt, Danny, and you used to catch punts. Yeah. But we've had a lot of fumbles this year, and I hear people at work talking about, you know, Sky Moore, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Get out there and try to catch a punt and see and try <laughs> to, uh, you know, look at the wind and calculate that. And, and with some heat seeking missiles coming down the, to try to decapitate you. All the while, somebody's coming down trying to kill you. Yep. So. There we go, Julio. I appreciate that, man. But like I said, we got the. 
Phone lines, the text lines open, 913-586-7610. We've got several text messages coming in, so I'm a, I want to go to the halftime of this show quick because we can have a lot more a lot more time to tackle these uh, text messages. We've got a couple coming in about Keith as well, so we're going to get to those after halftime. Anyways, with that, time's yours. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we're back. Halftime's over. Players Only is back. Keith Cash is in the building, and I am Danon Hughes. You can follow me on Twitter at dahughesguy eighty three. On Instagram, Danon Hughes. Keith, you on social media? I am not. You're not on social media, so you cannot follow Keith unless you follow him from the bank. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to follow him. You're going to follow him. <laughs> All right, we got the Jay Southland tow service text line and phone lines open, 913-586-7610. Dan, what you got for us? Hey, hey, Dan. Hi, Sean. How you doing? I just got back from the Salvation Army bell ringing. I will tell you. Yeah, the Chiefs, uh, you know, if Kelsey hadn't fumbled, they would have won the game. And uh, I agree with you, Dan. That was two bad calls on Tornhill and definitely on Stallworth. I mean, good, good God, Dan. He was going down. Going down. He can't help us when, when his weight uh, go, goes down. Uh, so what's the referee, referee supposed to do? That, that didn't make no sense. Uh, I know when you played, did you, did you get that, uh, one of those calls? Appreciate you, Dan. No, I didn't. Okay, I, take, 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 take it easy, the Broncos. Take care. All right, man. Go Chiefs against the Broncos. We appreciate the energy, Keith. You, I didn't want to prep. I didn't want to prep you for that call because that's like the the five hour energy meets the you know the fuel of the mid show. Just when you might be trying right. to nod off a little bit, you get that jolt of Dan energy each and every week. I got it. There you I go. got it. I'm a little nervous. I'm shaky over here. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. We appreciate that energy, Dan. Yeah, that's never happened to me. They didn't care about us and our bodies and concussions back then. But I will say, yeah, that was a a, a ticky-tack call when you're talking about a 300-plus pounder that is fighting a 300-plus pounder and finally gets to the quarterback and gets there right at the same time as the quarterback releases the ball. There was an unnecessary roughness call. I believe it might have been the same one against us where Joe Burrow didn't even get to 
follow through his throw. His throw was cut short. Yeah. He overthrew the receiver down the sideline in part because he got rid of the ball and his arm came across the face mask of the defensive lineman that hit him in the chest. So yeah. how do you get unnecessary, unnecessary roughness or a late hit on a quarterback when he's hitting him when he hasn't even fully finished throwing the ball? These guys are anticipating what these defenders are going to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a hard job. I get a referee's a hard game job. Game is fast. It is a fast game, and I'm kind – swallow your whistle. Yeah. Just swallow the whistle. Unless you're guaranteed. There's, unless you are full body weight on a, on a quarterback. Outside of that, it's part of the play. game. Yeah, it's part of the game. Let them play. Yep. They're deciding uh, huge parts, huge portions of this game, just with some of the calls that they're making. And and people want to say, well, that play in the second quarter didn't impact the game. Well, it could it have. It could have. We actually, when we were playing, Keith, you remember Marty used to come into the meetings and show us reports of field position and um, the flipping the field, and if you gave up a six-play drive and they punted from the 30 versus from the 40, and where that could equate to if you just did the averages within a game of what you were moving the ball offensively and the other team would moving the ball offensively and where they punted from and where you caught the punt from and averaging what your normal return in a punt would be and theirs as well, not factoring in turnovers, but where you would be at a, at a pivotal point in the game in regards to kicking a field goal or going in for a score versus having a drive extended because of a, an ill-advised flag or you know a, a referee guessing, et cetera, like that. So, yeah, there's a method to the madness that you have to be aware of, and there are games, contrary to what many people might think, there are games that are lost in the third quarter. Absolutely. Momentum has shifted. Things have changed. Circumstances have changed. You're sitting on the sideline longer. Maybe you get a little bit more desperate because you could have gotten the ball when there was seven minutes left in the game, and now you're getting the ball when there's two minutes left in the game because there was a drive that was extended by a bad call. It could work against you. It could work for you. But like you're saying, Keith, it impacts the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think at the at the end of the day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address this Travis Kelsey fumble. That did not lose us a game. Yeah. It was a huge play. Yep but it did not lose the game. There are so many other things that happened during that game that affected the game, kind of like you're saying, Dan, and, uh, and there's a lot of things you can look at. So, Yep. Cool. All right, let's go to the text line. We got uh, from the 816, ask, ask Keith if he remembers playing football with us kids at Brookwood Apartments in Blue Springs back in the day. Let him know my friends. And I still talk about that and how much it meant to us that he took his time to do that. You used to live in Blue Springs. I did. Yep. I did. I don't know the name of the complex, but there's a lot of little kids around where I used to live. So it's kind of uh, awesome that the that the kids are older now. Yep. And uh, that means you old. That means I'm old, older. <laughs> that means I'm older for sure. Uh, but 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 pretty fantastic that they remember some of that stuff and I was able to make a difference in someone's life. Yeah, man. That's what it's all about. I, we always talk about it with the Chiefs ambassadors that we're a part of. We've been a part for many years. We do a lot of cool things around the city, a lot of fundraising, giving away money to kids and charitable organizations that it was kind of ingrained in us and drilled in us with Lamar Hunt and Carl Peterson back then to get – uh, to get ingratiated and to get set in our community and give back to the Chiefs kingdom whenever possible. And uh, it's always cool to hear those kind of stories because you never know 
the impact of that picture you took, that autograph you signed, that 10 minutes you played football with somebody, threw a football to a kid in the parking lot, uh, had a drink with somebody and talked Chiefs for 10 minutes. I bet I mossed him. You, oh, you did? I bet, yeah. You, I you probably high-pointed? You I got de- a mossed? I definitely so mossed <laughs> whoever the 816 is. Because <laughs> so I saying, didn't take it easy on anybody. You was the Still original don't. Moss? That's you was right. the original Randy That's Moss right. <laughs> in Blue Springs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we got the uh, 785 from the 785. The defense front is – no, it's not. They're saying basically the defensive front is bad. We are – Above in in most every category, sacks, hits on quarterbacks, pressures, et cetera, uh, where we were last year, where we were the Super Bowl year. Uh, there were there are teams that would give away a body part to have our front uh, as opposed to what they're dealing with on their defense. So, yeah, that's not the case. Um, uh, they won six in regards to uh, Brittany Griner, 293 days she was over there. So not – quite a year, but um, definitely still abhorrent. And uh, for the person that talked about the Marine and um, whether this was wrong or right, I Keith and I were talking about it during the break. I equate some of this to what we experience with free agency and signing other players. And stick with me on this because I'm not saying it's equal in regards to how abhorrent or whatever the level – of disdain or what have you, but there are two sides and it doesn't matter whether we feel that this organization is the greatest organization and why wouldn't anybody want to play with Patrick Mahomes. And if you're a free agent and you're offered the same amount of money or more that you would automatically come here. And if a player doesn't come here, that means that we did not offer them more money than somebody else. It could just be that that player wanted to be elsewhere. And that's happened. I actually, for me, and I'm not on no grand scale, I was offered more money by the Rams when I became a free agent after four years in the NFL to go over to St. Louis and play for the Rams and dig for meal. And I opted to stay in Kansas City for multiple reasons. And one of those, the, the salary wasn't necessarily the, the, the changing factor that many people believe. So I say that with regards to the Brittany Griner deal. Like, there are two sides. And... Russia had to – they had a stance on what they were willing to do and what they were not willing to do. And it, and it seems like as the news is unfolding that that is the case. They were not willing to do anything on one side, and they were totally open to doing something with Brittany. And we can be happy for her, still be sad for him and anybody else that's stuck over there or any other country and hope the best for them. And when they're able to come home, we'll be happy for them and still sad for the other people that might be left behind. All right, from the 816, Keith, you got the minute, few trolls, uh, the rest of us, the team players, no matter what. Give them airtime, fuels their fire. Uh, We got to give, you know, every once in a while we give them, we give some airtime, and that's cool. Um, How about the 816? Can we talk about Pac-Man Jones saying Mahomes can't read defenses? Pac-Man Jones can't read defenses. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I mean, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, uh, it's, it's written. Like, his story is written. He's, yeah. he's tearing up this league, reading defenses, doing everything that he needs to do. Um, I hadn't even heard that from that story, but, yeah. you know. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there, and maybe we've been guilty on this show, but there's a lot of former players that get on TV and they want to have hot takes. 
and they won. I saw Bart Scott talked about the Chiefs not making the playoffs this year. Once we when we earlier this year when we got rid of Tyreek Hill and that this was going to be the dreaded R year for the Chiefs and rebuilding. Um, there's guys that just say ignorant stuff out there just so they can have a hot take. Patrick Mahomes has shown he's broken down film, he's broken down plays, he's gotten that photogenic recall of plays and why he did what and what teams were doing. Uh, there are times where he's looking for a home run, so he holds on to the ball a little longer, but that's not indicative of not being able to read the defense. Tell me what play, like from this Bengals game, this last game that said he got confused, he missed the defense, he didn't read the defense. And half the people that are saying that, like you said, and Pac-Man Jones who played defense probably doesn't even know what reading defense is in regards to the quarterback. They're always just trying to disguise themselves. But oftentimes, you've heard me say, like, I can know what you're doing based on what your buddy is doing. And he doesn't even realize what he's doing. Like, he can have one foot forward versus one foot back. He can have his body square to the line of scrimmage. He can have his eyes on me at wide receiver instead of on the quarterback. There's so many different tells, like a poker game. There's so many different tells that go on on a defense. How close the linebacker is to the line of scrimmage when he blitzes versus when he bluffs. Uh, you know, when guys pressure are Pressure on hands. Yeah. As an as a, as a offensive lineman looking at the pressure on the on defense's the hands. hands. Yep. And seeing, you know, how where they're shifting at. When a guy lines up over you as a tight end versus when he's kind of inside you. Right. Like different things like within inches, within feet or yards can tell you everything you need to know about that play and what that defense is go- doing. And um, oftentimes players don't even realize that they give away their own, you know, they give away their own defenses. And it's pretty easy for quarterbacks to pick up a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes knows how to read defenses. He doesn't win a, a Super Bowl MVP and MVP and do what he's done uh, in his brief career without knowing how to read defenses. 100%. 100%. What, what else you see on there? We got chance for one more. Uh, from the 816, I enjoy your show. Thanks for clarifying all that. Patrick was awesome on the Kelsey podcast. Hope you get on there, too. I don't think that I rise to the level of being on their show. I think they're only picking potential MVP candidates, current players. But I will say that was one of the most entertaining podcasts that I had ever seen with Patrick Mahomes and the Kelsey brothers on there. We appreciate the support on our show as well. Keep tuning in. Keep calling in. Keep texting in uh, each and every week. We'd love to address something, get you guys to take away a little something about the game and maybe even more on a bigger scale. With that, it's the end of the third quarter. Got to come back and we got to talk about the donkeys. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Just like music. And we're back the fourth quarter of the show. Players only. Got Keith Cash in the building. Appreciate him coming in, taking time away from family time. He's got a zigzag after this. Pick up his kids. Uh, awesome family. Tina and the kids and athletes, scholars, following after her. It's <laughs> about to say it ain't it ain't for me, hey, that's for sure. Bro, I know my lane. I got a son that's in med school. And he played basketball. Like, I'll take credit for the jump shot, but I know the medical school stuff got to be my wife's side. 
It's got to be her side. That jump shot is in her si- on her side, too. I knew you were going to say that as soon as it came out of my mouth. Maybe but you know dribble, I'm lights maybe out. Maybe dribbling. Dribbling. You know, he'll, East Coast. dribbling the clock out. The East Coast, you know, we got handles. Back at Jersey. Forget about it. All right. <laughs> Fourth quarter of the show. Let's tackle a couple more. What'd you, you saw a text message on here. Yeah, something about Eric Fisher and... I don't even remember. Oh, about the Miami Dolphins signing Eric Fisher and how come we didn't and it only cost a certain amount of money. I would just say this. Before you tweet something, I know Twitter is, I'm kind of contradicting myself because we all know Twitter is just about people throwing stuff against the wall. But are you 100% sure that that's the case? Like, are you 100% sure that the Chiefs offered X and he took Y elsewhere or any player? And there's 30 other teams that didn't that he wasn't good enough to play for for four, for 13 weeks for 13 weeks someone got hurt and he was the next man up that's mm-hmm. kind of how this league works it's not about uh, a player plays bad and and he's better than it's not like that sometimes all, it's fit they have yeah. these guys that have been playing in this system for two years and and Fisher doesn't fit and and also. How do we go through, here in Chiefs Kingdom, how do we go through February, March, April, in Brett Veach we trust, in Andy we trust, and now we're in November and we're still top team in the AFC West, second team in the AFC, and we're questioning their acquisitions or potential acquisitions in in free agents that haven't played this season. Same guys probably was cussing them when he was here. Yeah. Like, it just baffles me sometimes where we get out in front of our skis like that where, like, I believe in Brett Veach we trust, and I believe he's earned that. Like, we are talking – I just gave you the accolades just in the last segment about what we've accomplished uh, on this team and in this organization during this stretch of time. Like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And if he feels like Eric Fisher or anybody else out there would not fit well, then he won't fit well. And if those guys chose – another avenue and not to choose not to choose to block for Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs organization then they may be idiots as well like that's kind of how I feel but with that being said um we got the Broncos we got the donkeys coming up this week Keith, what, you, what you got about that let's ride that's all I got <laughs> they got a bad they got a bad quarterback who's playing bad football defenses defense is strong <laughs> Uh, they're as good as they've ever been, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. But offensively, they are just in uh, disarray. And yeah. it really comes down to, you know, the, the offensive line isn't playing great. And more importantly, their quarterback is just – he's been very bad this yeah. year. Yeah. He's I, a shell of what we thought he was going to be. What everybody thought he was. Yeah. And, and that's kind of uh, – and you see it with defensive players coming off the field, mm-hmm. screaming at him. Uh, he's lost. They've he's lost that locker room, uh, and it's just a. It's kind of nice that uh, we're playing them this week. I know that that we still got to go out and play. Yeah, but this is one of those get right games. Yeah, especially after a loss last week. And I was trying to think, Keith, and I don't know if you. I mean, you were with Pittsburgh for one year. You were here for several years. I don't. Do we have a teammate that we felt like? Oh gosh. He's on the field, or we got to go get in his face. Like, I don't think we had that. I never experienced that. I know Barbershop, he was with multiple teams with the Eagles and the Washington football team and here in Kansas City and the Houston Texans. Uh, but I think we've talked about that in the past. Do you recall anybody like 
we looked at each other like in the in the meeting room or in the locker room or on the sideline, like, dang. Like, no. No. I maybe mean, Lynn Elliott when he missed yeah, those kicks. But that's I, during the game. That's not like leading like leading up for multiple games. Right. Like right. it was brewing. I d I don't know if he ever played, but I know that, that Tree was one of those players that you kinda look at him. Oh, Trizel. Fir- first round pick. Yeah. And you kinda shake your head like Matter of fact, we called him the Stealth Bomber because the Stealth Bomber didn't work for a while. <laughs> Spent all that bomb. money on the Stealth Bomber <laughs> and doesn't even work. That was kind of like the big tree. Yeah, Trezell Jenkins, yeah, University of Michigan. First-round offensive lineman. I don't think he sell, saw much of the field. But, uh, yeah, it's a unique situation, especially when you guarantee somebody $250 million and you got a defensive lineman getting in his face. And the only thing he's known for this year is saying, let's ride. That's right. And, and commercials and all the other antics that he's doing. So and this is a team stuck. that's down. They are stuck with that I know. dude for years. Yep. And I feel bad for Nate Hackett. Like I said, we've known him since he was a middle schooler when his dad, Paul Hackett, was our offensive coordinator here in Kansas City. Great kid, great young man, has grown into a really, really fine offensive mind. But when you're saddled with that kind of baggage and you're not getting production on the offensive side, like it doesn't matter what play you draw up. It doesn't matter what schemes you put together. There can be blame that can be on both sides, and it's unfortunate for him in his first stint as a head coach. But, Keith, this is a game, this is a unique game when you look at the numbers because I've found it tough to find multiple times. I want to maybe say go back to when we played the Buccaneers the year we played them again in the Super Bowl where you had a top offense versus a top defense. And that's what you're having now. The Chiefs' top offense were number one in yards per game, number one in yards per play, number one in points per game, number one in passing yards per game. Uh, And stark contrast to the Broncos offense, but their defense, third, second, second, third, first in red zone touchdown percentage on defense, uh, giving up the least. So that's the dynamic of this game. They've lost five games when the opponents have scored 17 points or less. So they're about to lose another one. And hopefully we can score more than 17 points to get it done. But a win is a win. We're looking to go to Mile High City and get that done, get to double digits again under Patrick Mahomes' reign and secure another AFC West title, at least be on the road to doing so. Well, that's it. Keith, I appreciate you coming in, brother. man. Barbershop, we missed you kind of. And we'll talk to everybody next week on Players Only after a Broncos win. Peace. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 